What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, apologetics, the list goes on. I will then sit with your questions. I will pray with them and I will hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. But my disclaimer is this. I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice I share with you, the responses I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to encourage you to uh, pray and fast for my conversion and to at the same time reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, which sometimes the demands of discipleship are, then I would like to invite you to lean into Jesus more in prayer and study and worship and in fellowship with the body of Christ so that God can give you the graces you may need to fulfill his demands of discipleship over time in your walk toward becoming the particular saint you are called to be. Uh, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.sitchapress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell out the word A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. Uh, you can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. This will help other people to find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for other people as well. On today's show, it's going to be all about Mary. Mary is the mother of God. And uh, this past week, we celebrated Mary's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Uh, we celebrated the uh, nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our mama. It was so beautiful after Mass. Some of my students at LSU had a birthday cake prepared for the Blessed Mother uh, in honor of her birthday. So we celebrate Mary. And, um, and yeah, so we're going to talk about Mary. Uh, the, the questions that actually came from, I did a, an event tonight with Focus Varsity Catholics, and uh, they did a Q&A with me on the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so I'm going to share with you the questions those students asked and my responses to them. Uh, the questions that we're going to address are the following. Uh, is Mary the Ark of the Covenant? We're going to also address, uh, is the Hail Mary a biblical prayer? And we're going to talk about Mary's virginity, right? Was she a, a virgin, and why is that important? And is it biblical? And so, yeah, we're going to address those questions uh, whenever we come back. But before we get into those questions, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is the word of God, uh, y'all. So I did a beautiful, I, had a, I have a Bible study that I'm, I'm leading at Christ the King with uh, two of my fellow teammates, two disciples on the staff at Christ the King. And it, it was just, we had our first Bible study this past week and it was so beautiful. It was so anointed. The Holy Spirit came down. It was so, uh, such a gift to just watch these young disciples, these young students at LSU uh, share and their heart 
vulnerably and listen to Jesus speak truth to them through the Word of God and through each other, through our time of prayer together. Bible studies are so important. Um, and so I don't know if you've ever participated in a Bible study or not, but if you've not participated in a Bible study, I'd really encourage you to to start one up, to, to attend one, to join one, to because the Word of God, He's living, He's effective, He speaks, He is so powerful in the Bible. And so, yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll just encourage you. It, it was just so beautiful for me as a priest to, to watch Jesus work last, uh, was it last night that we had the Bible study or two nights ago? I don't remember. But yeah, uh, it's hard. These days it's go, come and go. But yeah, the Bible, His Word, He's doing so much good. So yeah, yeah that, that, that was a huge gift. It was a huge gift. And uh, yeah, and it was also a gift. You know, I, I'm at LSU now, but you know, my last parish was Holy Rosary. And it's such a gift for me to like witness them from a distance, continue to serve the needs of the people and their geographical boundaries and beyond. Father Joe Vu is doing an excellent job as pastor and uh, his team of disciples there are, have been so good for the people in the community, specifically Rainey and Deacon Michael Parker and Deacon JR this past week and, and everyone. But like specifically, like those four disciples have been just blowing me away by their their gift of self they've been making to the community out there in Santa Ma. And so uh, it's just, it does my heart so good. I've been praying from, for them. I've been interceding before the Blessed Sacrament for them and their work and, and just smiling at God's providence of just putting that team together to accompany the people um, right now who are in need, who are, who are suffering, who, yeah, are experiencing God's presence to them. So, so many good things God is doing. Um, and they're, they're helping people who have been affected by Hurricane Ida. For those of you who don't know what's been going on, Hurricane Ida has affected so many places um, in the USA and so, uh, and beyond. Yeah. So, mm, thank God for them. With that being said, let's get into today's show. First question comes in uh, about the Hail Mary prayer. Is the Hail Mary a biblical prayer? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, it is. Uh, so where's that in the Bible? Uh, Hail Mary comes from the angel Gabriel. In the Gospel of Luke, the angel Gabriel said, Hail Mary. Uh, so hell means greetings. It's like the way we would say, what's up? Hello. It's like a formal way. So we say like, all hail the queen. That does not mean all worship the queen or all praise the queen. It means hello. Hello, is it me y'all looking for? So Hail Mary means greetings. That's what the angel Gabriel said. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Um, these also are words that the angel Gabriel said to her. Again, Mary was immaculately conceived. Um, and so she's full of grace. The Lord is, is with her. And so now we're going to jump into when we talk about the Ark of the Covenant, we'll, we'll make more connections with her immaculate conception there. But that's the biblical words that the angel Gabriel said there, right there in the Gospel of Luke. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Uh, these are the words that her cousin Elizabeth spoke to her after she said yes to being the mother of God. She traveled to a town of Judah for three months to spend time with her cousin Elizabeth. 
And when she went to visit Elizabeth, you know what happened? Elizabeth said these words, and these are words that, you know, Elizabeth would have known what they meant. They were only used two other times in the Bible with Judith and Jael. These were words that were proclaimed over two women in the Bible in the Old Testament who both were used by God to crush the head of the evil um, terrorist of their time. And so why would Elizabeth say this greeting to Mary, knowing that Mary's like, you know, she's pure, she's holy. Why would she say, bless are you among women and bless the fruit of your womb, uh, Jesus, if why would Mary, you know, how can Mary? Well, because she knew the Holy Spirit inspired her to believe that Mary would be the woman of Genesis 3.15 that God spoke about whenever he declared war with Satan. I'll put enmity between you and the woman. In Genesis 3.15, Satan attacked Adam and Eve, and God came to battle for them. And he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. You will strike at his heel. He will crush your head. Through Mary's yes, the devil's head will be crushed. Just like Judith and Jael in the Old Testament crushed their enemy's head, through Mary's yes, Satan's head will be crushed. That's powerful. Holy Mary, this is coming also from the Gospel of Luke. In the Magnificat, Mary said, All generations will call me blessed. The word blessed is synonymous with holy. So blessed Mary, holy Mary, same thing. Mother of God, again, going back to her conversation with her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth said, How am I? Who is it that for, for me to be the person that the mother of my Lord will come to me? Mother of God. Mary is the mother of the Lord, the Lord is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. Therefore, Mary is the mother of God. Jesus Christ is God. Uh, and so though Mary is not the mother of the Father, or the Spirit, she is the mother of Jesus Christ in the Incarnation. Uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. We specifically ask Mary to pray for us because she's the queen. She's the queen, the queen mother. Uh, Jesus Christ is king in the Old Testament. Uh, the queen was not the wife of the king. The queen was the mother of the king. And so David's wife, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, she was the queen. And the queen, uh, when she interceded on behalf of the people to her son, he would always listen to her. And likewise, Jesus Christ listens to Mary because she's his mother. And the uh, Ten Commandments tell us that we are called to honor our father and our mother. So just like Jesus listens to God the Father, when God the Father spoke to him, and the baptism in Jordan and on the top of Mount Tabor, Jesus Christ also listened to his mother, Mary, who's obedient to Mary. And so Mary interceded for the people at the wedding of Cana whenever they ran out of wine, and she is the same today as she was yesterday. She continues to intercede for us. We see this in her many apparitions throughout the world. St. Paul tells us in the New Testament to always pray for each other, and so that's why we ask her, a necessary member of the body of Christ, to pray for us. So that is the Hail Mary in the Bible. So check it out. So next time you pray the Hail Mary, recognize that the Hail Mary is completely, 100%, a biblical prayer. All right, speaking and connecting this, is Mary the Ark of the Covenant? All right, so let's let's think about this. Ark of the Covenant. What did the Ark of the Covenant contain in the Old Testament? The Ark of the Covenant, it contained the manna that fell down from heaven, the manna that fed the Israelites uh, after they were freed from slavery, that miraculous what is it bread. The Ark of the Covenant contained Aaron's rod, which symbolized him being the high priest. And the Ark of the Covenant also contained the Ten Commandments that we get from Moses. So the Ark of the Covenant contained those three items. In Mary's womb, what do we see? We see Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. Jesus Christ, who is the high priest. And Jesus Christ, who is the word made flesh. Now, the thing about the Ark of the Covenant is this. It went missing. And so John, the beloved disciple, was a faithful Jew. He knew the Ark of the Covenant was missing for a very long time. And then while he was on the island of Patmos, he uh, received a vision from God where he saw heaven open up. 
he literally saw heaven. When he saw heaven, he says, I see the Ark of the Covenant. In the book of Revelation, he saw the Ark of the Covenant. This is a big deal for any Jewish person because they have not seen the Ark in a long time. But then immediately after he says this, he starts talking about this woman. And we have to remember, whenever the Bible was put together many years ago, the Bible did not have chapters and verses. It was just like one long script. And so he literally goes from talking about the Ark to talking about a woman. And so... Why is this important? Well, because he's saying that the, the woman that he sees is Mary, and Mary's the ark, because the woman gives birth to a male child who fights against the dragon. The dragon is clearly Satan. The male child is clearly Jesus. The woman must be Mary. And the reason why he connected Mary and the woman and the ark back to back is because he's trying to tell us something here biblically. He's trying to say Mary is the new ark of the covenant. Well, why didn't he just call her Mary? Why did he call her woman? Well, because at the foot of the cross, what did Jesus call Mary? Did he call her mom? Did he call her Mary? No, he called her woman. Who was at the foot of the cross? John was there. At the wedding of Cana, what did Jesus call Mary? Did he call her mom? Did he call her Mary? No, he called her woman. John was at the wedding of Cana. John heard Jesus call Mary woman. He heard Jesus call Mary woman at the cross. John is a beloved disciple of Jesus Christ, which means he's called to imitate Jesus Christ, which means he is going to also call Mary by her biblical name woman, which goes back to Genesis 3.15, like in the Hail Mary prayer. Woman, I'll put enmity between you and Mary, between Jesus and you, and Jesus will crush your head, right? The same word for serpent in Genesis is the same word that's used for dragon in, in the book of Revelation. So in the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation, you see God, you hear about Mary, and Satan's there. In the book of Revelation, the end, you see God, Jesus, you see Satan, the dragon, and you see Mary, woman, the Ark of the, the Covenant. Whenever Mary went to go visit her cousin Elizabeth in a town of Judah for three months, the baby, John the Baptist, in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy. When the Ark of the Covenant was brought to a town of Judah for three months, David leapt and danced. Do you see the connection? The same thing that happened in the Old Testament when the Ark was there it happened in the New Testament. The Ark of the Covenant was untouchable. Mary, the woman in Revelation, was untouchable. When the dragon tried to attack her, she was, she was protected from being attacked by this dragon. She was given wings, and she was never touched. Right? Original sin never touched Mary. Right? All of these beautiful teachings of our church about our Blessed Mother are revealed through Scripture. Right? We have to penetrate the surface of Scripture to see, wow, Mary is really the Ark of the Covenant. She is the new Ark. And that's just really beautiful. So for our mother's birthday, Let's all do her a gift and let's study more about her because that would be a great gift that we could share with our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who don't have a personal relationship with, with Mary. Um, Jesus Christ honors his mother and we are the body of Jesus Christ. Therefore, his mother is our mother. So we need to honor her as well. And we can honor her by getting to know her and by allowing her to be a bridge for people to come to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Remember, Jesus Christ chose to come to us through Mary. So if we're going to be Christians, we need to imitate Jesus Christ and go back to him through Mary as well. All right. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about Mary's virginity. When you're a busy mom, it can seem like God comes in second place to everything else. As Catholics, we know that God should be at the center of our lives. We know we should be planning around him instead of trying to plan him around our schedules. But it's so hard when you're juggling all the logistics. Back for a third year to help mothers put God at the center is a Catholic Mother's Planner. A planner designed by Catholic mothers for Catholic mothers to help you and your family live with God at the center of your schedule. 
To help you do this, the planner includes inspirational quotes from saints and scripture, novena start dates, saints' feast days, family recipes, activities to celebrate feast days, and so much more. The Catholic Mother's Planner has sold out within months every year, so be sure to order yours today. To reserve your copy of the 2022 Catholic Mother's Planner, go to ascensionpress.com slash planaroundgod. That's ascensionpress.com slash planaroundgod. And we are back. Uh, just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. All right, last question comes in about the virginity of Mary. One of the students asked, like, like how do we know that Mary was a virgin? All right. Well, because the church teaches it, right? So we have the church, right? We don't just rely on Sola Scriptura, right? Before the Bible ever existed, we had the church. Uh, the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. But you can look in the Bible and see how Mary was also a virgin. So a few things that we can point out. Number one, people will say, well, the Bible says that Jesus' brothers came to see him, right? The brothers of Jesus. Well, the, the Greek word for brothers is Adelphos. Adelphos literally means kinsman. It could be cousin. It could be brother. It could be stepbrother, half-brother. But it does not necessarily mean brother. It means kinsman. So when we see the word brother um, in the New Testament, the actual Greek translation, because remember, it wasn't written in English. Um, it, was, it was written in Greek, the New Testament was, Hebrew, the Old Testament, then translated to the Latin, Vulgate. But the Greek word Adelphos literally means kinsman. So brothers doesn't necessarily mean blood brothers of Jesus. What about the word until? It says that, that, that right here in the gospel, I'm going to put my Bible real quick. It says... So if we go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, we read this. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he did not know her until she had borne a son, and he called him Jesus. So people will say, well, that right there indicates that he did biblically come to know Mary, that she would not have remained a virgin. But the thing about the word until is this. Also in the Old Testament, we read this, that Michael did not give birth to any children until the day that she died. Does that mean that, that Michael, female Michael, um, that she all of a sudden, David's wife, uh, Michael, who's Michael? Wait, Michael was, was that David's wife? Yeah, David's wife. I think it was David's wife, Michael. Yeah. She did not have any children until the day she died. Does that mean when she died, she started having kids? Of course not. So the word until does not mean that something had to happen afterwards. Uh, Jesus Christ says, I'll be with you always until the end of time. Does that mean when time is over that he's going to leave us and be like, deuces? Nah, he's still with us. Um, if I told you you can't drive my car until you turn 18, does that mean when you turn 18, I'm going to let you drive my car? Not necessarily, right? So the word until does not always mean that something definitely happened afterwards. And finally, whenever the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, and obviously she's betrothed to Joseph, so she's legally married to, to Joseph. And so when the angel says, you're going to have a baby one day, if she planned on having a sexual marriage, then she would have been like, well, duh, like I'm already legally married to Joseph. I'm about to move in in a couple of weeks. And that's what happens when you get married. But she's like, how can this be? Like, I don't have that kind of husband. Like, Joseph is not going to be that kind of husband for me. We have a, a celibate marriage, which was something that happened in, in Jewish culture, um, even in the Old Testament. So she's like, yo, like this is like this is crazy. She would not have responded that way if she planned on having sex after she moved in with Joseph. Like, that would not have been a typical response. She was like, how are you going to do this? Like, how am I going to have a baby? Because I have made a vow of virginity. Like, so... What's it going to be? So we also have like the 
not only do we have these biblical passages to help us to come to understand Mary's perpetual virginity, but we also have the writings of the early church fathers. If you go into history and you actually read the church fathers who were closest to the apostles and their successors, you will see that they talk about Mary's virginity. And so um, it's it's important for us to, to read those those writings that come from those saints in the earlier years of our church, as opposed to just reading people from like the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, like go to the 1200s and 1000s and 800s and 600s, like go way before that. So uh, it's important for us to be not only rooted in scripture, but also in our church's uh, tradition. The church's teachings were given to us both orally and written down on paper. So both ought to be reverenced. With that being said, let's just go ahead and sing happy birthday to Mama Mary one more time. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. 